0: Hello gamers, and thank you for tuning into another episode of The Cartridge Club. If you're new to The Cartridge Club, I'll quickly explain who we are. The Cartridge Club is a community of gamers, collectors, content creators, and gaming enthusiasts of all generations. The show that you're listening to is effectively a monthly book club for gamers. We pick a game, invite everyone in the club to play along, and then select a couple community members to come on the show and discuss the game. My name is Ryan, aka It's Rocket Sauce, and I'm one of the hosts for the show. Without any further ado, let me introduce to you the panel for this month. Today we have Chris. Hello. And we have Joe.
1: Hey guys, nice to see you.
0: Thanks for being here, guys. And now I'm going to hand it over to my co-host, Musty Habit, and he'll let us know which game we are playing for this month. Musty, take it away.
2: Thank you, Ryan, and thank you all for joining us for another uh, episode of the Cartridge Club. And as is tradition with October, the club likes to play a spooky game. And in previous years, we played things such as Super Castlevania 4, uh, Resident Evil 4, and Super Ghouls and Ghosts. But this year we decided to go with something a little more uh, in the survival horror angle, and that is the uh, survival horror classic, Resident Evil 2 Uh, as we're very excited to to hit this just in time for the upcoming remake so for some of us this is a first time for others this is uh a game that they have played quite a many time so let's get right into it and let's hit that with the breakdown so joe we're gonna go ahead and start with you then uh why don't you talk about your first impressions of resident evil 2. The critically acclaimed Resident Evil 2 or Biohazard 2 in Japan was released in January of 1998 and is the sequel in the long-running survival horror franchise. Resident Evil 2 sees you take control of two protagonists, Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield trying to escape Raccoon City and its zombie inhabitants two months after the Umbrella Corporation unleashed a viral weapon on the fictional town. As Leon or Claire, you traverse and explore a number of environments from the city streets to the local police department, the sewers, an abandoned factory, and even a secret Umbrella Corporation laboratory. Along the way, clearing your path of zombified humans and dogs and skinless, mutated bioweapons, you'll come across a variety of puzzles or missing items that will impede your progress. Solving these puzzles will only take the duo deeper into the real reason behind the outbreak. Claire and Leon's stories differ based on which lead you've chosen, and who you select to control first. Expanding on the groundwork laid during, its predecessor Resident Evil 2 continued to define and further set the standard for 3D survival horror with its focus on exploration and cinematic presentation. The game's director Hideki Kamiya would go on to form Clover Studios and eventually Platinum Games, and continued to carry forward many of the elements present in early Resident Evil games into more modern titles. At the core of the experience are the now infamous tank controls where pushing up or down on the controller will move the character forward or back and left or right turning in their respective direction. Add to this limited ammunition, restricted inventory space, and the static camera angle and you set yourself up for some atmospheric and intense scares that no one had seen prior. Resident Evil 2 gained critical acclaim with a Metacritic rating of 89 out of 100 and was named number 35 overall in the Cartridge Club's top 100 games of all time. Its popularity inspired Capcom to pursue a 2019 remake of the game. We all have a fond recollection of our first time with this survival horror masterpiece, so let's hear from our panel about their first impressions with the game.
1: Okay, thanks, Musty. Uh, well, this wasn't my first time playing it. It was my second time. Uh, first time, obviously, is when it came out originally, but it still holds a place in my heart as one of my favorite horror slash survival games. Uh, probably followed by Resident Evil Four. So this one was obviously two years removed from the first game, and it and for me, it, it took everything from that initial release and improved on it. I didn't really find anything negative uh, in that sense that they aside from maybe like uh, uh, the tank controls were pretty much similar but
2: oh, I bet um, I, I bet we'll get way into those tank controls oh so. yeah
1: <laughs> I played this on a PS2 slim my one thing when I started playing this again for the second time is I immediately thought of I'm envious of anyone playing this for the first time because it's such a good game I would have loved to <clears throat> experience it all over again uh, you know be, being completely surprised with everything Um, I was actually able to remember I'd say half of what to do in the game and a couple of memorable parts about it are I found uh, the music I think uh, is definitely something that stuck with me. It was, to me, it was haunting and comforting at the same time and bad memories obviously when people ask me about um, RE2, as you say it's a great game but it's super stingy on ammunition but that's also part of uh, the fun of playing the game as well.
2: Chris, uh, let's hear your first impressions on, on Resident Evil 2.
3: Um, it's also my second time playing the game currently, but back in the day, uh, I wasn't really into the magazine, the video game magazine scene back in uh, the late 90s. So I only knew about new games coming out by going to like Funko Land and if I saw a commercial on TV. So I. Didn't really have a hype level for part two other than the fact that I played the first one and I really liked it. But I went to a GameStop one night or Funko Land or whatever it was and they were playing the opening cinematic on a TV in the store and I went that game right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, picked it up that night and I only beat the Leon storyline the first the first one and I don't know if it was I got distracted by another game around the same time but I never went and finished the Claire one I never even started it actually. So I always considered myself beating the game back in the day, but I did not technically do so. But starting it up here, I was playing it on my Dreamcast this time instead of the PS1. And uh, yeah, the controls are something that take a lot of getting used to because controls have evolved a lot in the last 20 some years. And uh, a lot of it came flooding back. I, I was playing through the Leon thing and I beat it, I think in half the time I did back when I started it originally. So I was kind of surprised by that, but I still had just as much fun playing it now as I did back then. Excellent.
2: Well, Ryan, I know that you've uh, declared yourself an RE2 expert-ish.
0: Of course, yes. Of course. Yeah.
2: Let's hear your, what were your sort of first impressions way back when?
0: So my first impression is, and I, my memory for this game playing it for the first time, is I don't even remember the first game ever coming out. That's a game I, everyone knows me, I was a huge N64 kid. I still am a huge N64 fan. PlayStation was not on my radar, period. I wanted nothing to do with it. Resident Evil 2 was the first game that actually made me, I guess, jealous that I was not a PlayStation person. I was at my cousin's house for Christmas Eve, I want to say it was. And he was actually the cousin who got me into playing video games. So it seems like every Christmas when I went over to the house, I would always kind of learn of a new game. Uh, that i didn't have and um this goes back to like mario and mario 2 but that the year that resident evil 2 came out he had it and he's like okay let's go you know this is what it was hot at the moment i guess and he's like we're gonna play this here and he just um like just turn it on and he's like go and it basically i remember he was telling me he broke up with his girlfriend at the time and was having this all, you know, woe is me story when I just didn't care because I was playing this game and I, my mind was blown. I know I sound awful, but I was just kind of like, the, yeah, 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 well, sure, whatever. Because then I remember he got me, like, you know, helped guide me through into that liquor scene that, like, blew my mind as a kid where I just was like, what do I have to do to play this game? And then I want to say I, it came out the following year for the 64, and I was so happy because... I could finally play this game that I was like in love with and I, I thought about it for like a year. And I loved it so much that I played it like back to back to back to back to back where I memorized everything and got so good at the game that I had to unlock everything in the game. So I, I loved it. Uh, Joe, I know you mentioned that like the music was both like haunting and relaxing and I totally, totally understand it because that was something about it for that game. But I remember like then talking with kids at school about playing that game and everyone was, like, Did you play with the lights off at night? And you're like, yeah, because then you want to get the full effect. So I don't know. It was something that I played so many times back to back that I had to master it. Yeah. So I guess I'll stop right there and let you talk about your first impressions.
2: Sure, sure. So I I didn't play this uh, when it originally came out. However, I did play it prior to my most recent playthrough for one evening. And, uh, The story behind that is that i had a buddy of mine uh it was the day after a pretty big kegger at my apartment and it was just we had the keg was still there there was still probably about a third of it left and so i was like come over let's let's work on this and and hey i stopped by the blockbuster and i picked up this game to play on my ps2 however did not have a memory card, so uh, we went for it, uh, and uh, I, I can't remember if we re- how many times we had to restart, but we never made it to the sewers. And by the time the by the time that the sun was starting to come up, uh, we were pretty much like like I don't know if I, I my, my recollection of that phase is not there, but. Yeah, it was it was extremely um, intense we were doing the whole yeah the lights were off and you know we were uh, a few drinks in and uh, yeah it's it's a uh, it was a crazy intense experience and then I just walked away from it the fact that I didn't have a memory card basically told me there was no way I was going to one to no death run this on the first shot like that just wasn't gonna happen and that was that was the extent of my experience until this month and so this month i i picked up a copy on the ps1 playing it on my ps3 so no memory card required and um and it's it, i will say that my recollection of the game was pretty much i i, I don't remember which character we picked i don't remember. I remember a few moments, like the the you know the early hallway that you've walked through three times, and suddenly there's you know the windows become a thing. Uh, like those moments are there, but I I, I don't the mem- memory of the controls or anything when I started this month was not there, and I had a hard hard time. This the opening to this game was was killing me bad. I think it took me probably ten attempts to just get to the the police department, and so I have some thoughts about being a modern gamer, or maybe I should rephrase it as a post RE4 gamer in the series, and how going back takes a lot to get used to. And I and I I managed to work through it, and uh, yeah, I finished the Leon storyline this time around, uh, Leon A. Uh, and then did not get into Claire, but uh, but that's okay because, as I understand, we've got people who have sort of dabbled in in, in each of the storylines, and we can kind of talk through a lot of that. But let's kind of hit on on the story. Uh... Ryan, do you want to kind of hit? He kind of give a general general, aside from
0: what was already mentioned. Sure. So, this game. You know it starts off with two characters leon s kennedy and claire redfield uh, leon is a you know first day on the child cop uh for the raccoon city police department and he shows up in the town and it's full of zombies right and um claire's there looking for her brother but essentially leads to i'm trying to think what to say here with the uh, shenanigans yeah shenanigans and you know this this <laughs> town is completely full of zombies and Uh, you eventually find yourself in the police station, right? Because that's where the cutscene ends and tells Leon, tells Claire to meet him there. And from there, you you start the story. Um, But the thing about this game is there are two different ways to play through the game. And like I said, you can either start with Leon or you start with Claire. Um, And if you beat that, it opens up the option when you save after the game that um, story B starts for either. So if you start the game as Leon, you will then continue the game as Claire. And then from the split up point uh, in the game, Claire will go uh, one way to the, the police station, which is a much shorter way. So if you fretted that long walk to the police station where you have to watch out for zombies back and forth, you have a much shorter path. It's kind of where, I wanna say it starts you off where you have to put up the fire on the top floor because there's a helicopter crash. Now in the A story, at least, from this playthrough of mine, you don't see the helicopter crash. It's, it's just the, the top floor is on fire and you have to put up the fire to get through the wall there. But in this, in the Story P playthrough, you see the helicopter crash into the wall. I'm trying to remember who shoots the rocket, I think, at um, at the helicopter, and that's why it crashes, I believe. So I'm probably making that part wrong, but um, I assume crashes right there. And from that's the reason why... Wasn't it the sheriff? Is it the sheriff?
3: Because he said he wanted to stop anyone from coming to rescue. Oh, them.
0: you were probably right. Uh, chief, the chief, right? Brian Arnold, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, and and on both characters, there's there's different characters you run through. So with Leon, you run in with Ada, and I'm trying to think if there's any other real characters for him. uh Because Claire seems to Annette. Have... Annette seems to be the other one, but I I, I don't know if she crosses both paths. She does. She does for okay. both paths. Um. And with Claire's, it's it's uh, Sherry Birkins, who is the daughter of William Birkins, who is the inventor of the G-Virus, which is the virus that's supposed to, I guess, evolve the, take the T-Virus to another level here uh, for Umbrella. And puts,
3: eyeball, puts eyeballs on everyone's shoulder.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it makes you a little bit stronger and eventually turns you into... A giant asshole with teeth that crawls forward <laughs> to you on the train in the final battle. Yeah, with start with story with story B, there's also an additional ending. So where where story A ends, where everyone's like, I think everything's gonna be alright. There is a next another cutscene that comes right after that, and you find out that there is, you know, the final boss is on the train. You have to take it off, take it, you know, to kill it, and you have to escape the train, escaping Raccoon City. Yeah, so essentially the game changes both times through. So if you think playing Leon story A and Claire story B is, you know, you know, if you think that's the way it's done, it's, I guess, all I'm trying to say is it's different for both times. Um, the best way I could describe it in this game towards the end here, Leon story A ends, and I don't believe you run into Ada Wong at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with comp- completing Leon story B, this I mean completing Claire's story first, then then Leon's story, you see an, another additional cutscene with Ada. I encourage people to play um, almost both way through. So if you like this game, do Leon. I I guess Leon's story, in my, my opinion, is the easiest way to go through this game, and then Claire's story B, but I think the better, more enjoyable way for me is to play Claire first, then Leon, because I guess I enjoy the additional Leon, Claire, Leon story more than I do the additional Claire story.
2: Gotcha. So, was, Joe, good place there. so, Joe, you said you said you played Leon um, this this time through, right?
1: Yeah, I did start off with Leon, um, and I'm pretty sure it was probably the same when I did it back in the day as well. Uh, I just, for me nowadays, I just, it's not that I don't want to do the additional stories or anything, I just don't have the time for it. Yeah, um, I understand that.
2: I understand that. Yeah.
3: And then, Chris, you did you play both, or did you just... Uh, this time I play. I started off as Leon, beat that, and I want to say at the moment I'm about halfway through Claire's playthrough. Okay, very good. Yeah,
2: I I did the Leon thing as well, uh, and as time is limited, uh, I
3: saw credits, and so that's <laughs> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I um, didn't realize that you could actually flip it around. I didn't realize you could start as Claire and then do Leon. I always thought it was like disc one then disc two.
2: Yeah, well, and uh, I mean that's a that's why I, I guess it is kind of interesting if you did go with Claire first, because the way that you would open up that that disc case, you would almost be it. It, it doesn't acknowledge the factor. Maybe maybe it doesn't. I just haven't realized it, but uh, that that you could go with Claire first. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, was this one of the first situations where we had one of these kind of branching these? You finish the game, and now see it from this other perspective. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of other examples of games that have done this, um,
0: the the uh, the near Automata approach. I think the first one kind of does it, but doesn't go into nearly deep enough with this. Nearly, uh, I like what you did there. Uh, um, because <laughs> Jill has her little bit with Barry, right? Uh, in the first game, Barry, I can't remember his name, Burton. Burton. Burton, was it William yes. Burton? Isn't it William Burton's? Barry Barry Burton. There, that's right. Um, Not Jack Burton. Barry Burton. <laughs> and and Chris has his uh, story with Rebecca, but I don't think there is that. I don't think there is because I think it's all in one disc for the first game, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there is that much difference between them. It's just that Claire ha- or Jill has their part with with Barry, and Chris has part with rebecca it's just that they have slightly they just don't have as much backstory to it and this one there's a little bit more backstory with different characters you run into during the game playthrough so this is the first time i can recall it and I, maybe one of the reasons why i, I like this game a lot because i thought i was like i was getting more for my more for my buck if you will there's feels like it's i'm playing almost a slightly different game
1: did you guys feel that this was one of the more believable in terms of stories for the Resident Evil series. <laughs> you know, if it's possible in any way, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd say like when I, when I say that it's like, I compare it to, you know, maybe, f- well, definitely uh, four in terms of, uh, <sighs> I, I guess I can I'm referencing more of like the bosses and whatnot. if yeah, four really jumps valuable. the shark four yeah. really
0: jumps the shark there with some of those boss fights in there.
1: Um. you know, with this one, you're in a city, you know, you're a police officer. There's stuff going down. It takes place obviously in the police station as well as underground. So it's and the the creatures and bosses you fight would be. Uh, ones that you would expect to sort of see in this scenario? A giant crocodile. Well, well
0: I mean, it, it, that, that it
1: wasn't sure, right? Yeah, it,
2: I mean, it's, it's been exposed to the G virus, so it's, yeah, so it is.
3: What about uh, the giant moth?
2: Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: um, the optional boss. Jame Gum would be proud.
2: <laughs> but then, uh, I mean, there is some, you get the weird stuff, right? You get the, the, i uh, I don't even they didn't give names to a lot of these things like if you wanted to look up the name for whatever that was in the septic room that larva spitting
1: what the g g larvae
2: yeah. yeah um like that guy was it was he was just there I can't remember yeah. There was no, yeah, there was no formal name for 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 any of those things. Um, I guess I guess some of the later ones, there's there's a little bit of more formality in the Claire playthrough, but we should just kind of talk about bosses right now. I think. Um, I don't know. Like the first liquor encounter seemed like a bigger boss battle than some of the other ones to me. Was well, that
0: cutscene right? That opening cutscene where it's yeah. I mean that's. That's first, the first. That's the first
2: unrealistic looking. Well, I say unrealistic, but it was. I mean, it looked humanoid enough, uh, and that cutscene was was well crafted. But that was more menacing than a lot of the later stuff to me, at least. And I think part of it is because you just don't have much on you at that point. You you may not even have the shotgun if you didn't know to go back into the weapons shop, and so it's a oh god what do i do i think the first time when i when i played through it i
3: tried to fight it and that did not that did not bode well <laughs> <laughs> well when with... they start throwing multiple ones at you later on in the game and you're just kind of like eh. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> point because at that point you probably got the uh, combat shotgun and everything yeah you start to hear the 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 audio cues yeah and it's like
2: okay i'm all right no no worries uh there's like two shots with that combat shotgun and you're done. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think for me, I, th- I think the one boss battle I did not like was the alligator. Thankfully, I searched enough to know what the solution was. Not on a walkthrough. Like, I actually like looked in the hallway. I was like, oh, there's a canister. It's going to fall down here if I push this button. Okay. Well, this long hallway might be used for something. Like I, I felt like that was really telegraphed
0: i love it, it though i think it's fun it's like a tribute to draws right there too right Where yeah the canister in its mouth and
2: that's true i i could see that i just i thought maybe there'd be like i'd have to do that a couple of times or something and it was just like nope boom top of the head is gone i didn't
3: even do that i just shot it and it ran through a wall
2: <laughs> really
3: yeah interesting how many times did you have to shoot it a lot <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> yeah it basically it was it was one shotgun blast and he was and he was done see now I know for next time <laughs> yeah there you go but i don't know i did you guys have a favorite boss or uh, like did you did you find any of the battles to be uh more epic than 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 others um mm.
3: honestly i remember the bosses being a lot harder back when i first played it uh, I, I remember that I had a lot of trouble back in the day fighting the final Birkin form in that uh, room where the uh, elevator's counting down.
2: Mm, gotcha. But this
3: time, I basically took out the submachine gun and just unloaded in it, and it was dead. So, I I don't know. This one, I felt they were kind of a cakewalk. Other than the alligator. The alligator is the one that gave me trouble. <laughs> yeah,
2: I got I got nervous on, the, on that last form because I... I didn't have enough healing with me. Like I only had two things. And with the first time he grabbed and tossed me, I, I was, I, I then looked at my inventory and it was like danger. I was like, oh, he yeah. does that. He does that again. I'm, I'm toast. And uh, thankfully like subsequent times when he threw me like that, it didn't do the same amount of damage for some reason. But
1: yeah. And I think with the bosses in this game, I was less impressed with them. And more favored the actual regular enemies that you fought throughout. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's
2: let's talk about those <laughs> zombies. Zombos. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you have a yeah the, the, did did you have a favorite among just the the random mobs or they're not random they're all they're all pretty well placed I think but like because they you get a few
1: different you get a good enough variety. I like the dogs, They, um, especially when they are out of camera shot and you hear their nails clicking on the ground as they're just pacing back and forth. Like that's that scene when you first come across them which is in the dog kennel section, right? And you're, you're walking down the hallway and you see them, uh, I believe there's two in separate kennels. And then you sort of know what's gonna happen, even probably even if you've never played the game before, where you go to the end of the hallway, you grab something and all of a sudden they bust out of their cages and start coming at you. But before you even see them, you hear like the, the, the clicking on the ground. And then uh, what's also satisfying is is when you're shooting or killing them, they make that whimpering noise. So it's sort of like, uh, it's a nice feeling, like you're punishing them really good. Only because they're undead, not because you shouldn't do that to real dogs. <laughs>
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and say I, I love the lickers in the game. I mean, that still it goes back to probably that first time playing it at my cousin Dustin's house. But I know like the one lick can kill you, but it's just I think it's a great design for a character. That's the one that stands out to me the most in this game. It, it's kind of like if you're playing the other ones, it's like the newer version of the Hunter. Well, Hunter was kind of like a big giant green frog gorilla, you know, with with meaty hands that could kill you when I hit, but I think the licker is a much better look. I remember seeing him for the first time. You see him crawl past the window before even that cutscene happens. Yeah, it's like that stuff like that just like stands out to me. Where, I, I really enjoy that character the most. It's kind of like a spider human thing. I don't know. And he
2: can cling to walls and ceilings, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm I'm, I'm with you there. It, it was interesting. I was I was doing a little bit of reading up on on this and and. Their first plan for this game was to do something that had a little bit more over the top enemies, like like those like like large gorilla style uh, zombies or like like spider human hybrids and stuff like that. So I'm kind of glad they didn't go off the rails as much as they could have. And I will say I didn't waste my time with the spiders at all. Like mm-hmm. I think I think I killed one because I couldn't get around it, but I didn't find. As much as I was like fearing the sewers because that was that point where I had never seen before, there wasn't a whole lot in the sewers that was actually terrifying to me. It was just like, oh, yep, there's a big spider. Okay, just just push up and go this way a little bit and back this way a little bit. Uh, and and you just sort of skirt around them and not a big deal. And then by the time they introduced like the plant bosses, You've already gotten the flamethrower, and it's like
0: those are my least favorite characters in the game. I really, I hate to plant the plant things. I think That's it would have
2: cool. been nice to not give you the silver bullet for those before you. Like, you should at least meet them or at least see them behind glass or something before you have the answer. Let me just say. Let me just say it that way. Because, yeah, that was a. uh, It made them very uh, simple,
1: I think. I like what you said, Chris. You said Triffids. Yeah, that's the first thing that came to uh, mind. Day of the Triffids, one of my. uh, I I believe I saw that as a mini series on TV back in the day when I was a kid.
3: Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind when I saw one of those things coming down the hall. (laughs) But uh, I want to say my favorite enemy or standard enemy was probably those skinless naked zombies toward the end of the game like right when the alarm is about to go off yeah. they say that the self-destruct I don't know why but that just creep that creeped me out more than anything else I don't know why because I remember the first time I saw one when I was running down the hall after the alarm went up I went like damn
0: <laughs> yeah but, and they kind of first appear in the lab right like and maybe it's just the the benefit of the tank control angle camera angles too and I think you just walk in a room and all of a sudden bam they're just like right there when you yeah. walk in that one room Oh, where you have to get the cure for Peter I think that's Leon's playthrough. You have to maybe get the cure for for Sherry or something on that one. So. Yeah,
3: because you only get the the G virus and then you throw it away as Leon. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember I just the alarm went off. I walked out to go see because I just laid Ada down on that bunk to let her rest, and I went back to get her when the alarm went off, and they were like all crowded around that door to that that room she was in. And I went, whoa, you know, I don't know why it just made, that would that made me jump. It just it creeped me out a little
0: bit
2: those reminded me of for those who have played Resident Evil 4 the the regenerators like the ones that uh, those like tall kind of like slender man looking kind of guys but like <laughs> the big creepy toothy grins like that's kind of what I think they might have been that might have been the, the early stage for those guys. The prototype Yeah but <laughs> but yeah I, I can totally see how it's like here's something different uh, you know and it's at a moment where all of a sudden you have a Claxon going off in the background and yeah, uh, a little panicked. <laughs> oh yeah, just a just a little bit. That's good. I think we've kind of hit all the primary enemies. Uh, I'm curious how you guys felt with your recent playthrough graphically, outside of the cutscenes. I think I think we've all kind of addressed that the cutscenes were were really well done, um, especially considering that it's a 20 year old game at this point. Uh, but graphically, what? How did you guys feel with the static angles and the the um, kind of pre-rendered backgrounds? Joe, let's uh, let's start with you on the on the graphics.
1: <clears throat> um, well, like I said, it, it it had been a while since I'd played it, and I honestly can't remember the last time I played a PS one game. But immediately when I put it in, I I'd either blocked out mentally or just completely forgotten how boxy the graphics were, character wise. Um, it was good and bad. It brought back nostalgia, but at the same time, after playing, you know, PS4 game the day before, and you go back to doing this, it's just like, oh, God, this is this is horrible. <laughs> but... Uh, so that was it for character graphics, I guess. Uh, the, can we throw voice acting into this category, too? If you want, yeah, sure. Yeah, I... Again, it's part of the charm, and in terms of the cheesiness of the voice acting. uh, My biggest gripe about it, aside from the actual talking, was the fact that there's the lack of facial movements. Not in the... uh, in in gameplay, I should say, not cutscene-wise. So it'd be like, you know, me talking to you now without my face... or my lips moving, it just sort of takes you out of it. It makes you realize, like, ah, this is... this part didn't really hold up after all the years great in-game atmosphere for me. I thought the, the those pre-rendered backgrounds I thought were one of the highlights of the game. Um, just something about them still holds up. Just really... I, I think it was... I think that was something special for the time period that the game came out in. It hadn't really been done up to that point. Um, so I enjoyed that part. The rooms and the hallways all had great detail to them, like either with, uh, you know, the windows boarded up, or there'd be glass strewn on the floor. And then, as you're walking over it, you hear the the glass crinkle, or the tables and chairs would be overturned. Uh, The rooms were set up in a way where you could sort of imagine what would have happened prior to you showing up, like in the police station, where you know panic and chaos and people are just trying to board up windows and block doors with with pieces of uh, furniture or whatever and that's why you can't get through it at that point so you have to sort of work your way around it and then you see what's actually the cause of it. Um, the, blood, the blood in the game I thought was excellent. There was um, nice blood splatter when you were shooting zombies and whatnot. There'd be nice blood pooling on the floor and it would stay there. Really like that. That's when you and, know the uh, zombies are dead. Yep. Yeah. And I, and just basically, I thought they did an excellent job to the attention to detail. And one thing that really stuck with me when I played it this time was um, later on in the game when Chris gets uh, shot in the shoulder. I guess it's um, when he when he goes on the ground, mm-hmm. and they has to get his shoulder all bandaged bandaged up, and that changes the look of his uniform. I don't remember that that actually happening in game before. To any other type of game where a character who got I- got injured, so I thought just that kind of attention to detail was all throughout the game. But yeah, I just that's pretty much it for me. Yeah,
2: for sure. Chris, let's let's shift to you on kind of how things hold up. Uh, whether you want to hit graphics or everything. You know, we can we can kind of hit whatever I think whatever you uh, you want to address here.
3: Uh, so yeah, I was playing it through the VGA cable on my Dreamcast, so I'm assuming that if I were to be playing through the regular cable setup, it would have been okay looking, but I guess because of the VGA, it was really... The graphics are actually really clean and crisp. I was surprised that they looked as detailed as they did on my HDTV. But um, yeah, the, the graphics did not age very well because I, I now that I'm playing through the game as Claire, and she has she's sleeveless. You could see like her forearm does not connect to her upper arm. It's just like a square that kind of overlaps. And it looks really, really strange to me. And the character graphics are, are okay. I'm, I guess, I don't know if, what, what it's like playing it through on the PS1. I haven't played the PS1 since back in the day, but did the items you can pick up really, really, really stand out from the backgrounds to anyone else? I think some of them did. Cause like aside, I'm a, aside from the ones where they were like, here's, here's glowing the item. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just talking like like the paperwork and stuff. I mean, like, cause I'm playing it through the VGA, it's it's clear that that thing is there for you to pick up. I mean, it's a completely different like shade compared to everything else in the background. That kind of, I thought it was not as fun because I was oh, I guess I'm supposed to pick that thing up now. You know.
2: It's like uh, it, it's like watching an old cartoon and you can see where the movement's gonna come from. Yeah, like, yeah. You can see where the cell. Here's the background cell.
3: Yeah. I was a little yeah. disappointed in that, um, but when it comes to like the pre-rendered backgrounds, I mean, uh, Joe is saying that like the detail in them are really great. I love the fact that in a couple of the offices that you go through, you can see there's like bullet holes in the walls and the doors where you can see there's a firefight that happened, or there's like uh, bullet casings on the ground and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. And there's pools of blood where you don't know, you assume people were killed or maybe a zombie was killed or something. You don't know. I think the animation is pretty decent, but as good as the graphics looked through that vga cable it did absolutely nothing to help that that voice acting (laughs) it is that is it is horrible uh i i wrote a couple of the quotes down and i think i don't know if it's because of the way that the dialogue was translated or if it's just the delivery because when ada is talking about her husband she says by the way i just found out john is dead never mind It just like I cackled like a little kid. I thought that was the funniest thing ever. I mean, if you if they're trying to go for that whole B movie feel for the game, they definitely got it by having the voice acting be the way it was. But yeah, the cutscenes look really really good. They still, I mean, everyone kind of has like a bony face, like especially Leon. But the cutscenes still pretty look pretty good. The um, the graphics in the game, eh. I mean, I, I've seen better. <laughs> But for the most part, I, I still enjoyed everything I was looking at. I mean, it wasn't like turning my face away, going like, "What am I playing here? This looks like god awful crap." <laughs> so I was pretty yeah. impressed uh, that it that it holds up as well as it does.
2: Yeah, I I think you have to look at this through a twenty year old lens. I mean, yeah. there's a reason there's a reason this game is getting a remake, right? Yeah. Like this game is revered. And I think well you'll know, we'll we'll
3: we'll get to that soon enough. But well, I think nostalgia uh, also has a big part of it because I remember really enjoying the game back in the day. So I'm willing to give it more of a pass than some other games that I might not have played back in the day and then I start playing now and I'm like ugh. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I I definitely could see that. Yeah, like when I when I fired things up. Yeah, the, having the static cameras works here, and it and it, it enhances the gameplay. Uh, wh- one of the things that a couple of you guys mentioned were like was like the blood pooling, and the first big blood pool that you uh, that you deal with is the one that's under the liquor, and yeah. so, so you know suddenly then every time you see something like that, you this well, <laughs> is heightened tension, right? Yeah, or you know, yeah, you look up, but it's just just point right like yeah. you don't you don't get to look up you you just hope that there's not anything up there and hopefully you don't waste shots in the process yeah for me for me though it, playing through it yeah it took a little getting used to coming off of playing spider-man um <laughs> you know it, there's there's a bit of a bit of a discrepancy between the new games but obviously architecture is is what it is i was also playing it through through the ps3 onto an hd tv i probably was also like like you with the dreamcast version on the on those cables i probably wasn't doing myself any favors it might have looked better had i uh gone traditional uh, yeah for me some of the stuff one of the things that kind of got to me is that whenever there was going to be a big moment i could hear it load <laughs> <laughs> Like I could hear the drive go like there was just there's an audible spinning of the disc at that point. And so it was like I walked into a room and then there was a brief break. And then I heard that and I'm like, OK, something's happening. So the jump scares weren't that jump scary to me this time. When we played it back then, I I, I mentioned earlier the scene where you're walking through a hallway and suddenly you're, you know, you get the burst of arms through through the window and and you get pulled against the wall and all all of that and i wish they would have done a little more of that the other instance is the interrogation room which is uh was pretty well crafted uh i i think um, oh, is that the, with the window that breaks or the yeah. glass yeah yeah the the uh, the yeah the one side yeah the one way mirror yeah and you get the liquor all of a sudden in the room with you and you you might not be ready for it you're like ooh i just got this plug from this weird cards and chess-based police department. Yeah, that chief um, was weird. Yeah, there's some weirdos <laughs> in there. I was going to point out one one thing for the, the voice acting. Uh, there's a little bit of an X-Men connection here. The voice actress for uh, Claire voiced Jubilee in the animated series. Uh, the voice actor for Leon was Quicksilver and the voice actor for Annette was Mystique. So, fun fact.
3: So you're talking about those jump scares, though. Um, I forgot. One of the ones that got me the most was you know, normally with those transitions where you're going through the doors. Mm -hmm. There's that one where the zombies are behind the door and they jump out at you. I don't think I came across that one. Really? There's one door that swings open and there's two zombies standing there and you see them lunge. That that was the one that got me. <laughs> oh, the crows! The crows was another moment
2: for me. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the music goes crazy at that point, more so than I could like. The the music that hits at, the, at that specific moment is stronger than I think almost every other piece of music, except for the save room music, which I strangely love and hate at the same time. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to take all the things about about whether or not this holds up visually. Ryan, I, I want, I want to give you a chance to.
0: No, that saving room music is fantastic. I love it. It's relaxing. You know exactly so. where room you're going into. Oh yeah.
3: Once you start hearing it,
0: you can breathe for a minute there. Yeah. Um, but no. I, it still holds up to me uh for me uh I, now my, like I said my version was the first version was the 64 and i played my original copy for this playthrough i guess one of the benefits for me is i don't get to hear those uh loading cues because there's you no know, no loading with the 64 version but no like those jump scares are great they, they got me if you watched i, I streamed this game both playthroughs on, on twitch uh if you're watching i do get spooked a couple times but I, I laugh about it because it's funny that a lot of times i know they're coming or i just forget about it like um that integration room that you're just talking about when i'm through that first time i'm like i think there's a liquor in this room if if, I'm, if my memory serves me right and then i think i will go i grab some ammunition out of the room i leave um and then i eventually have to come back because i have the key for it and i completely forgot the, that the liquor jumps through and i was like yeah, you got me again. I forgot all about you. For, for that brief moment, I knew there was something in here, and then I forgot about it. I, remember, Joe, I think you mentioned the hallway with the, the arms. I knew it was going to come, but I didn't remember which time it's going to come. Um, but that's just because, you know, I've not, I haven't haven't played for 15 years. Um, but no, the game does what it, it intends to do, which is be a survival horror game, right? So um, it was the first game, granted, like, kind of set the pace for these the first few games in the series with the low ammunition and the low health and everything but uh you kind of learn the management and you, you get your your jump scare so it did what it's supposed to do it was supposed to scare you you know if you uh burn off that ammunition right away you're screwed so you're gonna have to figure out a way to get past this part surviving right so for me this game does hold up i guess graphically it might not hold up in the no facial expressions and some of the voice acting is bad. Mostly I would say Sherry, Sherry Perkins, but not everyone's that bad. I, I kind of like the, um, the one cop who was bitten and gives you the, I believe he gives you the, the key pass for some of the doors and warns you about the police station. Like, Oh, the guy in the office. Yeah. That, that guy's pretty decent where he's like, just go, you know? So, uh, I don't know, Like, there's some of it still holds up for me. I, I love the opening cutscene with uh, the, like, get down, you know, Leon. There, but the, to me, there's just like one oddly cut part in there. And it's right when the zombie, Leon's talking to Claire in the police car and the zo- there's a zombie in the back seat. There's like, it's just like a little, slightly odd pace with them, the conversation where they're talking. It's like, it's almost like Leon's not paying attention to Claire. What's going on? I arrived in town and the whole place went Great. insane. The radio's out but it just sounds like he just kind of cuts her off basically he's not listening to her but other than that yeah i i think it holds up a little bit uh, holds up a little bit it, hold, it holds up for me but there's definitely you could definitely see why this game could just use a uh you know i guess a modern day remake for for what it is for what, everything it does right you can do things to make this game better so
2: so let's take this moment to talk about the uh, the biggest thing we've we've all kind of alluded to this, but we haven't talked about tank controls. No. Uh, so the quick the quick kind of dirty on it is is think about playing. If if any of you have played combat on the twenty six hundred, it is exactly that you up. <laughs> up takes you in whatever direction you're facing, left turns you left, right turns you right. If you're backing up, you press down on the controller. And uh, it makes for some really awkward movement, especially with the lack of your ability to move the camera around. You are effectively... uh, You may turn a corner and suddenly be pointing... You visually you're pointing in another direction but you can continue to push straight as if you were going straight and so i i feel like they had to go that route because of the fact that you couldn't adjust the camera but it took so long to get used to and it makes me wonder what like i obviously know why we haven't gone back to it but i mean what what do you guys think like was this was this compared to all of the other things was this as big of a sticking point for you as it was for me Joe
1: um, it took a little bit of getting used to at the start because I sort of forgot about that the how bad they actually were at the at the start of this record you had mentioned or you were saucesa mentioned how much you had died at the start yeah that was me <laughs> it was at least
2: it was at least 10 times.
1: I had the same issue myself because, I don't know, maybe I've just been watching too many uh, game done quick uh, videos, but I thought I could sort of speed run through the start of the game just to get to the police station part, just because I knew, obviously remembering how much there was in terms of limited ammunition, I thought, okay, I'm going to save as much as I can. And I literally died the same amount as you, probably like somewhere between six to ten times before I actually started you know I just said screw it let's just start using ammo until we get to the police station but the tank controls were when you're trying to you know sort of uh, zigzag your way around enemies without shooting them f- for me that was the most difficult part you know to turn 180 degrees it would have been nice if they had, had an option of you know press down and press uh, the the triangle button or something like that kind of thing where it could have gave you a quick turnaround, oh. but it's sort of good in the sense that it adds to the urgency in certain battles. It just makes it more difficult, where otherwise the battles could have been a lot easier, maybe not as entertaining. I guess, you guys would also
2: you just you just sprint past them, do a quick one eighty, and just pop them a few times.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. yeah pretty much. Um, I also. In regards to the me- gameplay mechanics I, I didn't even i like i didn't even mind the transitions going between the scenes like how i know it was all part of the loading process of the playstation but you know if the door is opening or going up and down ladders where it would do like the four set uh, four steps it just all built towards the uh the anticipation of the game like the like the the scare factor I guess in terms of what would be coming up next and um, yeah that's that's my take on it anyway
2: Chris you seem to not not be a fan of the tank controls too
3: <laughs> no it, it took me about a good half an hour to start to get good because just like just like you said you were dying a lot at the beginning uh, when I first got put into that big crowd of zombies when you first start the game I got annihilated Cause I was like, Oh, I'm going to run past these guys. Nope. I run right into their path <laughs> each time. So, uh, yeah, it took a long time and then it kind of started to come back to me. Cause I remember I, I was pretty good at doing those controls back in the day. So I, I, like, I don't know if it was muscle memory or whatever, but it, it came back. And the only time I really had problems with it again is when I was playing, as I'm playing through the Claire thing. Now there's those parts where you have to play as Sherry. And I don't know if it's that she moves differently. But I just could not control her to save my life. I kept running right into zombies that, for some reason, stopped biting and start puking acid. <laughs> but
0: that's uh, because they can't reach down to her. They can't get down to I,
3: I figured it was them going. We don't want to see a little kid get blood shooting out of her neck when something bites it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it took it took a while to get used to it. But once once I did, it was like second nature-ish type stuff. It, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but it's still extremely awkward compared to like where Resident Evil 4 ended up taking the controls for these games. But you really and can't I, do anything about it when you've got these pre-rendered backgrounds you just have to run through.
2: Yeah, I mean if they if if they had made it so that you pointed in the direction you wanted to go every one of those transitions between this hallway to that hallway would have had this like awkward moment where you yeah. you've hit the next image and now you're running backward right yeah. or you know, well
3: especially like if you're running and in every three seconds it's changing a camera angle on you mm-hmm. that would be the most awkward thing ever so i mean i get i love your combat reference that was awesome you get points <laughs> uh but yeah that that not when you see the way the game is designed that's the only way they really could have done the controls in this and have it not be this complete mess yeah
2: yeah, and with the core, I mean, with it being corridors too, there's not, there's very few big open areas. I'm actually surprised they didn't, at least in my playthrough, there wasn't anything that happened in the garage.
3: No, no, nothing. Just moving the, 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 uh, SWAT van. Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. Yeah. So I,
2: I don't know. I, there may have been a few wasted opportunities, but it, I think, you know, all in all, I think I think we're all kind of of the mindset that it it works. Ryan, did you have any kind of final thoughts on tank controls, or did the N sixty four controller solve all the problems?
0: It did. It was perfect uh, for this playthrough. Uh, like everything on N sixty four is perfect. No, I, I understand. It it took me about I, I want to say it took me. I, I I I don't mean to brag here, but I used to no death run this game. But it did take me three playthroughs to get through that opening scene. And I remember talking with Musty when he was not having a good time trying to get through that opening cutscene. Where I say that opening, for me, that opening part, getting to the police station on the A playthrough is the hardest part of the whole game. Um, if you can do that, you can beat the game. It just, it just took me about three playthroughs to get used to it after that um like i always try to tell people do not use any ammunition if you can for the fact that this game is sparse you know very sparse with the the ammo pull the knife if you have to but uh yeah it took me about three playthroughs to get through to it just because it's just getting used to the tank controls essentially what it is um and eventually like towards the end i think i just kind of one area i think i just needed to get to because my um skills haven't quite come back yet to how How well i've mastered the tank controls of this game um i need to pull up the gun for just a little bit but just to take out a couple zombies to get past having like a weird angle to one of the final turns for for the um to the playstation if you will i i do enjoy them for this point in the game and maybe it's just because how it works with the camera angles but yeah i understand for someone new it it definitely it's definitely gonna take you some getting used to for for today's standards, there's uh, not too many games use this use this anymore. But games of that era, like Silent Hill, they use tank controls. You know, so it, it became kind of like a staple for survival horror for a minute there for some 3D games that you, you're just gonna. You know, it just became part of the the nature of these games. Um, so I I don't mind them. It just it just it's gonna take something to get used to before you get good at it. So, but once you do, it's like getting back on a bicycle.
1: Did you guys guys have any complaints about the camera angles in the game? I I thought they suited it perfectly, actually, in terms of uh, the type of atmosphere. There was a couple times
3: where I had a hard time figuring out where I needed to go. Like, I just didn't walk far enough into, like, the background to find out there was another path to take. But that kind of happens with all these types of, you know, survival horror type games from back then.
2: For me, there were a few moments where I was using the shotgun... And I was just past the transition point, and the kickback from the shotgun would throw me back into the other scene. <laughs> so that that got a little weird, because I didn't know if I hit the guy. Like, I'd have to then step forward again to see if I hit the guy or not. There may not have been, actually, you know what? It might, may have been the Magnum at that point. Because then I popped back in, and the guy's head was gone. I was like, yes, did it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you guys have a go-to weapon? I Uh, like the Magnum. The
0: Magnum's pretty good. Shotgun for me. That's my favorite, but I will use the pistol more than anything.
1: Yeah, same with me. Uh, The shotgun was—it's always been one of my favorite weapons for these type of games. But the majority of the time, I tried to use the pistol as much as I could just because I knew it was the weaker ammo. And I just wanted to sort of use that up as much as I could and save the good stuff for later on. I want to say that I
0: think you can unlock a gantling gun with infinite ammo in this game too. and I remember like just like after doing that for like the first time doing it, unlocking it, I was just like all I did was just like run through the game, just mowing through everybody. It's just very gratifying, just ripping through everything. It will wipe out anything in its path and it's just it's great. Um but that that really just breaks the game completely. So uh, if you just if you just want to just mow through the game and if you can unlock that gun, I, I to be honest, I don't remember how to unlock the gambling gun. Is that in that
3: cabinet that requires the
0: special key?
1: It might be.
3: I just don't yeah. know where to get the special key. Yeah,
1: you got to do the uh, the dark room part to get um, the photograph the, 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 the photos. Right. Yeah, I, I missed out. I missed out on doing it. I just didn't bother going back to it. So hmm.
3: I know I found as Leon, I found two pictures, but I don't know if
0: there was any more. Something I would have to reference the internet for to hmm. look back. That's magic. That brings back a memory for me. put with this game is I remember getting stuck with it and having to take like a like bike ride to the mall to like your nearest like um Funko Land or GameStop and go to the strategy guide section. Find out where I need to go. Put the book back on the shelf and just get out of the store.
3: Hey, you gonna buy that?
0: Nope. <laughs> uh, got what I need here. Thank you very much. You know, use it as a library, but uh. Because I, I had to for these games back in the day, but I don't know. It was, yeah. So, I don't know. Sorry, back to, back to guns. Yeah, Gatling Gun would probably be a number one if I was wanting to break the game, but shotgun and pistol probably. What about Claire Gun? The SMG? Well, she's got a whole different set of guns.
3: Like She's got a crossbow and a, a grenade launcher. And so far,
0: I've been liking her, her crossbow a lot yeah i mean the crossbow will take down can it take out multiple zombies at once too uh no but usually it's like a one hit kill oh especially yeah i thought it can go through like two of them that might be the upgrade
3: i haven't gotten the upgrade for it yet but like yeah when when i'm taking out like the liquors and the what are those other ones that look like liquors but they have the big claws i don't know what those are called but those usually take like two rounds and they're dead
1: did you guys find in terms of weapon mechanics more difficult to... because like when I play these games, I always, I like doing like sort of the headshot kills where the head explodes, and I had a real difficult time in this one compared to other Resident Evil games in terms of uh, blowing off heads. Magnum Especially,
3: seemed to do it on the first shot.
1: I
2: feel, I feel like the Magnum was designed to do that. Like, yeah, like you, you didn't have to re-aim it at all. It was just like, yeah, that just went through, you know, both of those zombies' heads just i found it was tough to like feather it just enough to get the angle on the head so yeah I, I i totally see where you're coming from with that
1: the shotgun was good in terms of i liked it uh, the zombie would get fairly close to you and you just blow him mid torso section yeah. and and his top half would continue to crawl towards you i thought that was a nice touch they put in the game
3: one thing I noticed right before we started recording was when I was playing as Claire, I was running around. I was using the handgun, and I shot a zombie at close range, and his arm fell off. Interesting. i yeah, never I, seen that. I, yeah, that was the weirdest thing. And then, like, another time I was running, and the arm was still attached to Claire as she was running away. Ooh. As, like, when they when they grab you, and they're trying to shake you or bite you, and you shake loose. Yeah, the arm came off with me, or with, with it. It was, it was strange. I... Claire's got some weird stuff going on in her playthrough.
0: I think if you mash um, the run button... Not the run button. Uh, the one button you have to hold down besides... because To run, you have to hold down with R. You have to hold down two buttons, right? To run down... To run? It's um,
2: it's square on the on the PS...
0: Yeah, it's the bottom button on the Dreamcast controller. So I think if you mash that one button, you can then um, push them off you. It'll work. You can work a few times, but if you're... Um, if you really hurt you're gonna still get chomped a little bit so
1: yeah so, so, so do you gotta hold down two buttons to run on the 64. i don't i'm just trying to remember
0: off the top of my head if you no, do that's garbage
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i will i will admit part of the reason i died so much in the beginning is because i didn't know there was a run button <laughs> so it's just walking walking to the police
0: station la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. taking the view on the way to the police station yeah So
2: that's what I get for not reading the manual that I was so that was so important to my pickup of the game, right? Like, (laughs) silly me. But there you go. I will I will confess to that. Good, good. Uh, A lot of us have talked music, and we've all kind of alluded to maybe like one track, and that's the Save Room theme. Uh, did you guys have other moments of music or or uh, specific song names if you happen to know them that you really enjoyed or Ryan let's start with you
0: um, besides the save room I want to say I, I, I don't know if it's the same exact song that's something I have to look into before uh, playing this one but I'm gonna say it's a different song here because I can always edit this in but I want to say the the hallway song, the initial one where you walk in the hallway there of the police station, and you see, like, the, I think it pans up, and you see the statue, and that music... Granted, it's a, it's a safe room. The second floor might not be, but the, the bottom floor is safe. But that that music was just... I don't know if it's ambiance or how you describe it, but it's just, like, the piano and... Yeah, the
3: dissonant piano sounds. Yeah.
0: I love it. Just love that, you know, that, that tone of music. It really is just... It's haunting, kind of like Joe said, but, you know, relaxing. It's a perfect way to describe it.
2: Yeah, I think, I think for me, the only other moment, but I, don't, I couldn't hum the song for you because I wanted it to end so, so quickly. Uh, and that was the 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 crow when the crows showed up. That was that was the big musical moment. But yeah, I don't I don't want to experience that for for any length of time ever again, because that was that was something. And there was some heightened music toward the end, once the alarms start going off and once you get your, even before you get the final, the final countdown, the music really amps up to the, it almost reminds me of like, some of the Perfect Dark music. I couldn't, I didn't write it down, I couldn't even tell you who, who made the music, which is unfortunate. Joe, Chris, did either of you have have musical moments that uh, that stuck out?
1: Mm, well, nothing really stuck out name wise or anything specific like that. My, I'd probably say my biggest wish for the music, and I'm only doing this because I'm comparing it to like other horror games that I played, but one most recently being Alan Wake, where the music would because the scenes, I guess, would were longer. There'd be a gradual buildup to something happening. And I guess that was sort of a limitation of the the PlayStation because of, uh, or at least maybe this game, where everything was more room-based. And there'd be like that cut, that loading scene, where the music wouldn't have that continuous flow. So that's my biggest, uh, probably wish music-wise for this game
2: to have something that just kind of sticks with it throughout. Well, that like would have
1: built up more gradually to a sure. point where there would be something traumatic happening as opposed to, you know, you're opening a door and then suddenly you're, you're hit with being attacked and that attack music kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I think,
2: yeah. I, I think sometimes the quiet, while you hear yourself walking up metal steps, like was almost almost worse than uh, like worse on a from a, a
0: spooky level
2: yeah yeah that's, what, that's what not I'm not, not,
0: not 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 a bad worse but like
1: you know worse for you probably the,
2: yeah it it messes with you messes but on that
1: with you. on that aspect though was there for me i felt this way but at a certain point in the game did you did you stop having to worry about the enemies because you knew sort of that you could handle them no problem like i i i I don't know what point it was in the game but it's just like all right i'll go up these steps or i'll go through this door and whatever's there it's just like eh, i'm not really weird i got one uh health herb in my uh, inventory and i've got my shotgun and i got what what other weapon i have and so it's just like it's not uh there wasn't that sense of um dread i guess did you guys experience that when you were playing the game as you got further into it?
3: it was once I upgraded all of my weapons as Leon. I think that was at the point where I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of a badass right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I could, I, I agree with you there. Well, plus the zombies don't
1: respawn. So... Except for that once when they all break through the windows again.
2: Yeah. yeah and hopefully you've decided to use the cord because that's what it's
3: there for i
2: didn't i didn't either <laughs> but thankfully i didn't end up going through either of those hallways um, you don't even
3: get the option as claire oh for the cord yeah it's, it's just permanently severed interesting i wonder
2: if your leon does your leon playthrough have any impact on it
0: it does so if you did it for Claire story a then the, the windows would be closed i believe Interesting. The, the one panel because you can't there's only one extra cords because there's two rooms that it will affect right so I believe if you use it let's say the first time the hallway that you encounter the liquor on um, they won't go through that door but they will still appear then uh, the one on the uh, the I guess the, the floor that eventually leads downstairs into the um, autopsy room so there's that little pathway that you first encounter I think the dog's in So your choice, I, at that point though, you, you should have the doors unlocked and you can just go the, uh, you can go around basically. So, uh, you know, it's up to you. The door should be unlocked. You shouldn't have to worry about going through those pathways. So unless you forgot about ammo for some secret room or something, you shouldn't have to worry about it at that point. Um.
2: If you missed all the ammo drops, what happened? Like a lot of those ammo drops were kind of conveniently like hidden, like they were behind something. If you weren't looking for it, you weren't going to find it.
3: Um, it's like, what happens? Oh, well, here's w- this was my issue, though. Wh- like what you're saying with the different things will affect uh, other parts of the game later on. But I don't like the fact that as I started playing as Claire, you, you do the exact same puzzles as Claire that you did as Leon, and they. Wouldn't you think that if Leon did it first, that the puzzle would have already been solved and you have to do it again as Claire? That kind of doesn't make any sense.
0: It's just, I guess they had to give you something to slow down the game a little bit, right?
3: Yeah, I guess. But like that scene in the library where you have to break through the floor and then arrange the bookshelves and all that, you do it all over again, but you, Leon broke the floor already, so the floor should have already been broken for Claire.
0: Well, you also need to get that red gem on yeah, the top of the stairs, too. It's just, uh, it's just,
3: it's just weird. It kind of like didn't sit well with me.
0: One thing I was, that you're mentioning, Musty, that you can actually, if you're if you're good enough to beat this game, you can actually just beat this game without even having to kill like anything except for William Birkins. That's that's essentially the whole thing in this game. Um, there, you can just walk past most of the bosses. Like now, the liquor might be intimidating, but you can just run through the door. You don't have to fight it. You can just. Um, there's a character that happens in Leon Story B's. He goes by the name Mister X. So essentially, he is kind of like the prelude to Nemesis for Resident Evil Three, where he's constantly stalking you through the game. Constantly Nemesis stalking. Light, Nemesis <laughs> Light. Except he's got a trench coat. Yep, and, and he's gray. <laughs> yep. Um, and you don't have to fight him at all. You you just the only time. Well, in Leon's story B, you have to fight him, and uh, involves and that involves the um, the scene with Ada. Uh, the additional scene because she drops a rocket launcher and that's the one thing that kills him. Um, But for the majority of the game, you can just go through it with only having to kill William Birkins and that's it. You're just going to have to dodge a lot of things and it's possible. you just going to have to master the tank controls, right? So you can essentially just beat the whole game with a pistol if you want or even less. So that's something to consider if you just want to rush through the game. My best—that's the only way I was able to beat the game in under two hours, and I believe there is a reward for that. That's how you get the S ranking in the game, is if you beat it in under two hours. Uh, my best playthrough was one hour and fifty-six minutes, but that's the only way you're going to achieve an S ranking is by just passing everybody. Don't fight anyone. Just go straight through the game, get your keys, unlock your doors, go to the final—you know—final philosophy fight, and just save your ammo if you find any ammo for. The couple uh, William Birkin fights that you're gonna have to have. So,
1: I thought E was the best for excellent. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell myself.
0: Uh, unfortunately, it is not. It is S, which the Capcom is there a double S. Um, there I don't know if there is, but uh, it's kind of something what Capcom's kind of kept for their games for a point in time with Devil May Cry as their their rankings for how you beat the level and. You know I mean you get style points because I think that's like style level. And I think Beautiful Joe has that in there too for mm. when you beat level at the end of the game, you get a a ranking. Well with S being your highest ranking you can possibly get.
1: Hmm. I'm gonna change the S ranking to stand for sauce ranking now. There you go.
0: The sauce ranking. I like that. <laughs> sauce. Sauce level.
2: So before we kind of get to the end with all of the uh our thoughts on the game uh i, I do kind of want to throw it out there did, did anyone have any el- anything else that either we've kind of missed on or, or any one in particular that we haven't talked about yet
0: yeah i kind of want to talk about some of the side characters in this game i'll start off i guess with ada wong uh she only is really relevant in leon's story for leon's story a or b yeah so she, I think, is only really, really uh, relevant in Leon's story. In in Claire has her you know story with Sherry, but I, I love I guess that like I guess this is a part where because for for any time Leon is involved with Resident Evil, Ada is always going to be there. She's always going to have a part in the game, and I think if she doesn't, the fans are going to flip her up because uh, she she is in Resident Evil Four, correct? Mm-hmm. and uh, she is also in 6, and she has actually her own side story, besides being part of Leon's story for the game too, because she is she's a spy for a different company, right? Uh, some other, is she for the government? I can't remember. She's a, This This is the part where people are going to probably be upset with me, because I'm just Was trying to remember. CIA? I think so, because she doesn't work for Umbrella, but she's trying to get a hold of the viruses. You yeah. know, the G-virus and the T-virus, and um, she's trying to bring it back for whoever, and she's always got a kind of a part like that in every Resident Evil she appears. And her and Leon kind of have this connection. Granted, it it goes pretty fast from them being like her to, like, I think uh, when you assume that she dies in the game for Resident Evil 2, I think, like, Leon has, like, a Ada! Like, no oh, something. <laughs> Uh, I can't remember if they have a kiss in this game too, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if I, I'm just not, not remembering it correctly. Um, memorizing. But she had one of the best
3: deliveries to so the line to Leon ever when he puts her on that bed. She's like, "I've only known you a short time, but I've really enjoyed being with you."
0: Perfect. You know, it's like no. <laughs> Perfectly trained, man. She, you know, because how old did they say? How old Leon's on this? This one is he 19 or is he 18? I think he's like pre pre-20, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's playing him like you know like a fiddle. So cougar in him out, I man. Yeah. So I, I think I, I I love that story for that, and that's for the main reason why I play Leon Story B, because I want more of the Ada story. Now with Claire, she has besides having her additional story with, with Sherry, which is William Birkin's daughter. And we haven't talked about William Birkins yet, really, so I guess we can bring him up to um, who is the main uh, boss who is... You will fight him multiple times in this game, right? Um, twice, I think. He keeps mutating into um, more spikes and a giant eye that pops out of his arm. But he is the inventor of the G-Virus, and he gets, essentially he consumes it because Umbrella try to come for this, tried to come for the um, the G-Virus and ultimately kills him while getting a sample. Uh, So he injects himself with the G-Virus to regenerate himself back to being alive. And I guess I should bring up this one character named Hunk in the game too. Now he is one of the members of the SWAT team. He's the only one who makes it out of alive. And there is an additional playthrough for him. It's a very short one. There's actually another character called Tofu too, which is um, the same exact level playthrough as Hunk in the game. But Tofu is just a giant chunk of, a chunk of tofu with a knife. Uh, so you'll have no guns. And essentially, is you have the G-Virus, and you're trying to escape the city. Hunk, on the other hand, has multiple weapons. So his playthrough at the end of the game is much easier. Let's see if I can...
2: Oh, well, the Tofu one, I, I I looked this up. He's got, like, only a knife, That's right? A, mm-hmm. It's only a knife and his, his shape because he's a big you know, rectangular prism. They were using him as a test for hitboxes. Okay. Yeah. And so.
0: No, uh, but so like for how to how to unlock hunk, you have to essentially beat the game with three or fewer saves and beat it under three hours, and not I believe use any first aid sprays to do it basically. So, but like I said, it's an additional game. There's an additional cutscene. I think you have like 10 minutes to make it out of Resident Evil. That's the town basically. So. And there's a lot of enemies to come for you. So you will see Hunk in the brief cutscene where I believe where you run into William Perkins' wife. Is it Annette? Is Annette, it? Yep. Annette. Mm-hmm. Um And she describes what happened to her husband. But you will see Hunk. He's the, I believe, one of the only people who make, They like said, he makes it out of there. But I can't remember if he's the one firing the machine gun or if he's the fast guy who just gets killed. So
2: There's the one guy who you get the quick zoom in on, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the eye logo.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and you see that in the opening load scene in the game too. Yeah, but then there's also one more character in Claire's playthrough called Brian Irons. He is the chief of police uh, of Raccoon City, and now essentially most of his story is told through if you read the notes that I think are around the area that he uh, he's taking bribes <coughs> for the uh, for from Umbrella. He's kind of a corrupt uh, chief of police. He wants everyone. I think he doesn't want anyone to escape the city too yeah he's kind of crazy (laughs) he becomes he kind of becomes mad but there's like reports i think of like his high school or something like that like or like if you read it there's stuff that like he hurt girls back in the day but i think he was able to cover that up back in the day so it kind of makes sense why he's got the he's supposed to protect the mayor's daughter but he kills her and he says uh well she was turning into a zombie so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the uh uh, Chief Wickham, oh, he was turned into a, a zombie. You know when he kills the captain of the basketball team. Moment. Uh, it's really implied that he, she wasn't a zombie. He just killed her because he's gone mad. It, it, there's little things like that, stuff like that. I hope they expand on more with the future game. But for as for side characters, Ada is my favorite. So,
2: did you know that the reason why Ada doesn't show up in any of the like cinematic cutscenes is because her character model wasn't done in time. I there know. are there are no cinematic cutscenes. They're all in-engine ones with her. Makes perfect sense. Uh-huh. Ah. yeah. So i i I'm on board with what with what you're requesting out of this, especially for this remake, because it sounds like they're not doing a carbon copy you know, reskin of the game, right? They're doing, they're doing some things that aren't, uh,
3: they are officially remaking the game. It's not just a remaster. Um, yeah. It looks like they're giving it the final fantasy seven treatment. It's, it's just not going to take them 15 years.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I heard, um, this back in the day too, because there was a fan remake that came kind of came out a couple of years ago where they showed like that they had it in an engine. And I think they're making it in an unreal four engine, and they put the footage out. It might be on YouTube. You might be able to find it too. With the fan remake, now Capcom shut it down. They said, "No, you can't do this." But essentially, they hired those people on. They said, "No, come work for us, because hey, we are doing this, you know." So they came and they hired those people. I want to say it was like two or two or four four people. I can't remember. It wasn't a big big group who was doing it, but it was just fans of the series, uh, and they were working on their favorite game, and it looked awesome too. Um, so if you can find that test footage of the fan remake of Resident Evil 2, I recommend you checking out. But I, I think Capcom was planning on remaking it, and they were impressed, so they uh, hired them on to come work for them for the game too. So
2: before we kind of, yeah, I guess, finish up things, do you guys have things that you would want to see? Uh, Ryan, you you kind of alluded to the things that you would want to see. Chris and Joe, are, are there things that you want more or less of? uh in the remake or is there um i guess is there is there anything about the game that that you would change if you had a chance to do it over again uh chris let's start with you
3: uh i think i'd like the the remake to be scarier uh i I think back in the day when like you first played these these games like they were kind of new i guess the way the games are being presented so it was kind of scary because it was uncharted territory for like the player too. But now, with some of the games that are coming out now, like was it Evil Within and all that, you know, they they've kind of raised the bar. So I want it, I want it to like be gen, like really scary this time around. Okay. Maybe a little more cinematic.
2: I think I think just the camera is going to help with that a lot, yeah. a lot.
3: <laughs> and uh, I would like, like we were talking about the music earlier. One of the things I've always didn't... I haven't liked about the Resident Evil... I'm a huge composed music fan. I love video game scores. I love film scores. I would like there to be a theme that runs through the whole game. Just you get different variations of it as you go along. So that would be great if they can, like, create a main theme for the game and use that throughout the whole game to kind of tie it all together. Uh, because a lot of the music that they use in the game, it just seems just kind of backgroundy, tonal stuff that just is kind of there just to create mood. Mm-hmm. But... Um, that and i would really like a lot of like can we get some character development <laughs> outside of liana's a new cop and claire has come to find her brother and that's pretty much all you really learn about them over the course of the game so yeah maybe expand the story a little bit like the way ryan was talking sure. with certain character wait when it comes to certain characters okay kind of help them mix into the the mythos of this the series a little better
2: cool And Joe, do you have anything uh, that that you would like to see in this remake or just in general that would improve the game to you?
1: Uh, Well, Chris touched on it when he said expand on the story. I'd like to see some more character depth to it. And if they could create some new surprise enemies, you know, something special with a little bit of twist that would make them memorable. And, and like they like what happened with this version of Resident Evil 2 um I think that'd be a nice touch it's like you said it's nice that they're they're not just uh you know redoing it they're they're completely not completely but they're changing it and, and improving on on basically all aspects of the game so yeah improved uh, story depth and some nice enemy surprises would be would be welcomed
2: I think it'd be pretty cool if they took some of the bosses and added another phase so like uh, the alligator uh, as an example right like let's let's say you tried to you did what you you took it down the path and you gave it the canister and that didn't work like and it's just like a direct kind of like haha there you go all of you who've uh..." but you know have that battle do something grander to make that a little bit more epic
3: or something. I I think even the final battle with the other Birkin.
2: Add yeah, add some other elements that make it less of a just here's me and here's this guy. And then a bunch of tanks. There's all those tanks full of something. You know, if you accidentally shot one, maybe there's other enemies that get added into the mix or something like that. Who knows?
1: Here's one thing I haven't uh, heard, though. Is there going to be the same sort of different gameplay where you can choose, you don't start with Leon, you start with other characters? I haven't uh, heard anything about that with this new version.
0: To be I think... honest, <laughs> I, was Go ahead, say, I haven't heard it. I imagine if they don't, I, I would be upset. I know you can play as them both, but I, I, I imagine A and B both have to be, uh, A story and B story has to be in the game. The main reason why I probably say I haven't heard this is because honestly after the trailer announcement, I've been like on block where I, I know I'm buying this game day <laughs> one, and I don't want to see anything else. so um but if they didn't incorporate the a and B playthrough, i would, I would be very upset. So would
3: you be opposed if they decided to mix the two storylines together, like you play for ten minutes as Leon and play for ten minutes as Claire and they kind of like weave it back and forth That's as you, not- you go
0: that I'd be fine with that. Uh, but if they were going to do an A and a B playthrough, I, I kind of would like what you were recommending earlier that Leon Leon's, uh, puzzles aren't the same as Claire's puzzles.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, let's, uh, yeah, I think, I think we've kind of hit on just about everything for the game. Um, uh, so I kind of want to get your guys's overall impressions you know, your rating on the game, maybe your final thoughts and, uh, maybe whether you would recommend it to friends. Um, I want to start with, let's start with Joe on this one. Yeah. Joe, what did, what'd you think about the whole thing as, as an experience? And, uh, and yeah, would you, would you recommend it? People check this one out sooner rather than later.
1: I loved it. I'm so glad that you guys decided to do this, um, for the club. Because, I, honestly, I don't think I would have played it otherwise. I, I'm highly anticipating the, the new one that's coming out. And there's very few games that I would buy first day. Uh, mainly just for the monetary factor. But uh, this new Resident Evil is going to be one that I pick up. And I'm glad that I was able to re-experience this uh, first version of it again. Uh, nothing but good memories with this game. I give it E for excellent and uh, do I suggest this for friends I, I I've always said if you haven't played this game uh, you're not a real gamer it's one of the true survival horror experience games for any system out there and it's uh, definitely a must to play okay
2: Chris let's get your uh, your lasting impressions and uh, would you recommend this to friends
3: i would especially if they were interested in playing the remake because like uh, joe had said i i probably wouldn't have played this uh otherwise if you guys hadn't asked uh, to me to take the place or if you guys hadn't done this podcast about it so like having it fresh in my mind it's gonna be kind of cool to go and play the remake now and see where the differences are and what they've changed and everything i definitely would recommend it to everybody it, it is a classic. Uh, there was things I wish were different, <laughs> but can't do anything about it now. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's one of the best of the old school PS one survival horror games that they've ever made. Very good.
2: Well, let me let me get mine, and then Ryan, I'll kick to you uh, for your final thoughts and also a little bit of uh, impressions from the community. It'd be hard for me to not recommend this. This game is. The people who have recommended this game to me are are right. It is a very very good game. the The only there are there are going to be some subset of people that I would have a hard time getting them to play it because it is you do have to unlearn some of your modern habits to to play the game. Uh, we're used to stuff with checkpoints everywhere. We're used to stuff with a bevy of unlimited ammo and regenerating health and and. Part of what makes this game so... such a kind of psychological... uh, mess, for me, is the combination of those things. And I, I think they do a really good job at executing on all of that. Graphically, there are parts of it that's kind of... eh, but, you know, to a lot of us who like retro and, you know, want to play retro, it's no different than playing, you know, anything else from the ps1 era and so i I think when you look through it as through the lens of this is a 20 year old game i think i think you can you can get past it and you should you should definitely give it a try so uh to anyone who's listening who hasn't had a chance to play it you know if you want to just go straight into the remake do it part of the reason we picked it is so that people can have that chance for first impressions if they haven't yet uh or to relive it before you get that new version that. Could become the new de facto Resident Evil 2, right? That could that could supplant this one as this is the way to play it. Is this new modern version? Maybe. I hope again that they don't that they don't over modernize it, but at the same time, there's some modernization that that could be done that wouldn't be unwelcome. So that's going to be kind of mine, uh,
0: Ryan. Let me kick to you again. So I. I... So, last impression, yeah, this game holds up for me. I I always kind of will recommend it. I'm always talking about, I guess, October I always want to play uh, spooky or, you know, spooky game themed games. And this one always I think probably was the launching point for me, wanting to play horror games. Uh, so, I kind of I hold this one to a high regard for that reason that I think this kind of almost sets the bar. Even though the first one was out was it came out first and but this one was really the one that did it for me in this uh the series when i think about all the other games in the series especially the tank based control ones this is the one i'd rather play over all of them they all have their moments in the series but this one always stands out the most before four kind of changed that for the worst uh even though four is a good game uh, it kind of got away from what these early games kind of established with two me uh so out of all resident evils this is the one i kind of recommend more than any uh i I, and with playing this i i had a great time playing it um on my when i play them on the streams i had a great time playing both claire and leon's story um i know it was a little bit slower for me on this playthrough but uh, no it's it's not a long game if you know what you're doing so i don't know I, i i try to recommend people you might need a guide for that first playthrough because there's keys. There's things that you're going to find just accidentally hitting the A button. All of a sudden, you're, you know, the guy will go down and, oh, here's a key or ammo. So there's stuff that might make it challenging for you, but I, I don't know. For me, this is a fantastic game. I, I love it. I could see maybe some gripes, but for me, I I, I think you have to play this. And hopefully, the, the new game keeps what this game does, basically. It the, the keeps the grid... You know from this game and maybe improves and makes it a better game um i have faith in capcom now after resident evil 7 but if you would ask me before resident evil 7 if i had faith in them with capcom doing this game i wouldn't but after 7 i um i i have my faith restored in the resident evil series so i am ultimately excited for um resident evil 2 coming out in january very good and then uh, with that being said, we'll go into our three-word reviews here for uh, for this game of the month. So for the three-word reviews, uh, with Twitter, we ask that you use the hashtag CC3WR. And with that, I'm going to start with Raiho. He has Weirdest Precinct Ever. Nice. Curtis Friesel wrote Needs No Remake. Uh, Duke from Retro Nonsense wrote... Resident Evil Pooh, so I guess he didn't enjoy the game. Uh, The Ramvox wrote, movie was better, so he was wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which one? I don't know, because they're all terrible. Dean from Round 2 Gaming wrote, infectiously fun time. Chris R., the bass guy, wrote, not enough bullets. And Buried on Mars wrote, best on PC.
3: That's not shocking at all.
0: No uh chris what's your three-word review glorious b-movie horror fest joe i kind of stretched that one a little bit but we'll accept it joe what is your three-word review
1: Uh, mine is true survival horror
0: musty what's your three-word review uh rough at first Just and mine, just being honest sure. no it's perfectly fine mine is survival horror classic alright with that being said that's the show everyone I'm going to thank the panel here so Joe thank you very much for being here where can we find you on the internet
1: Uh you can find me on Twitter at AC Decepticon, as well as Instagram at My Life in Collecting I'm also on YouTube at My Life in Collecting, and I've got two podcasts you can listen to. Uh, you can find them on iTunes. One is under Transformers and Beer Podcast, and the other one is STC Pod.
0: Thank you for being here, Joe.
1: Thanks for having me,
3: Chris.
0: Where can we find you on the internet?
3: On Twitter, uh, it's at OARetroGamer. On Instagram, I'm the Old Ass Retro Gamer, as well as on Facebook. And on YouTube, my channel is YouTube.com slash or just do a search for The Old Ass Retro Gamer. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one there. <laughs> and uh, I have a podcast that I do. Both of you have been on it, both Ryan and uh, Musty. Uh, it's called uh, The Movie is Starting. Just do a search on iTunes for sh, The Movie is Starting, and you'll definitely find it.
0: Thanks for being here, Chris. No problem. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. You can find me on Twitter at it's rocket sauce, and uh, I'm occasionally on the uh, weekly hangouts on Tuesday nights. So just I would say search uh, YouTube for CC Hangouts or Cartridge Club Hangouts, and you can find me there. And uh, Musty, where can we find you? Yeah, so
2: best spot would probably be Twitter at Musty Hobbit, or you can check out the YouTube channel uh, Second Breakfast. Uh, which is youtube.com slash second breakfast yt youtube and uh, aside from this podcast and again the hangouts as well uh, are some of the more common locations I'm also trying to be on the discord a little more frequently and the forums um, so make sure to check both those out Um, links to those uh, you should be able to access both of those if you go to the website CartridgeClub.org. um But yeah, let's kind of tie a bow on all this. Uh, Thank you again for for joining us for October's Game of the Month. Uh, Again, we are looking forward to next month's game, uh, which is a first for us, and that is playing a game that was just released the week prior. And so uh, for November, we are playing Red Dead Redemption 2, which is available on uh, all of your major platforms there, uh, minus the Switch. Sorry, Switch people. It's okay. It would hold you'll get yours Uh, yeah it totally
0: (laughs) wouldn't hey I don't think it's on PC either so sorry PC fans oh
2: sorry well all right (laughs) he won't buy it till it's ten dollars anyways so don't sweat (laughs) um but uh we just recently announced uh an exclusive on the uh in the Q-Dog house at PRGE um but I will say it here that we are playing DuckTales for the NES on uh December's game of the month and so uh, looking forward to having people join us for that. Uh, in addition to all of this, I did want to just mention that the club does have a Patreon there that, where uh, club members can help contribute to kind of keep the club running and help cover uh, costs and things like that uh, as a perk for those uh, people at the uh, $5 or greater per month uh, do get to view these uh these recordings live so uh, they can join us and chat um you know, as as we're going through this uh, and then those at the three dollar or more will get the edited video version of the podcast as well uh of course you can always find this on any podcast uh app or a location uh that you may prefer um and those will always remain free as well so Again, we would like to thank you all for taking the time out to listen to us talk about Resident Evil 2. Uh, We hope that you do give the game a shot if you have not already. yeah, we're going to call it. Thank you again. And CC Unite.